1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane.
2: And I'm Kevin Greenlee.
0: And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers
2: So, Ani, in our desperate bid to get more and more clicks and downloads, what did we watch to discuss today?
0: What hot, simmering, finger-on-the-pulse movie did we watch today?
2: That's what I'm asking. Super
0: relevant to today's audiences.
2: And modern (laughs) concerns.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh Well, Kevin, we watched Murder on the Blackboard, a 1934 pre-code mystery comedy film starring Edna Mae Oliver as school teacher Hildegard Withers and uh, old James Gleason as in police inspector Oscar Piper. And I will say we were joking about this being cause it's old and obviously no one knows what this is. But we one of our one of our like what two positive reviews that we've gotten so far <laughs> from the lovely Bamboo 199. Uh, really enjoyed Penguin Pool Murder. So thank you to that uh, anonymous reviewer. We really appreciate you enjoying the uh, episode uh, on this, the this prequel to this film, Penguin Pool Murder, starring the same cast. Uh, and so that you kind of inspired us to get our shit together and uh, watch the sequel, Murder on the Blackboard.
2: <laughs> so it's on Bamboo 199's head.
0: Yes, this is all your fault, whoever you are. But thank you for also leaving a positive review. And you guys, if you like the show, feel free to give us a five stars and a nice little compliments. We're human. We love that kind of stuff. And uh, we also love the I mean, honestly, P- Penguin Pool Murder was such a delight because we ha- we went into it totally blind. We did not know what the fuck was going on. We we turn it on, and it's just this like weird bantery film with this very strict school teacher who doesn't with this really strict school teacher who doesn't take any guff from anybody and a snarky detective from the police and they solve a murder at a zoo. I mean, what? what <laughs> I'm sorry, what more does anyone want? And so this is basically same concept, same people, uh, but now the murder takes place in a school.
2: Well, and also we should note, uh, Penguin Pool Murders ended with the detective rashly proposing marriage to his the, the strict unpleasant uh, school teacher she's
0: not unpleasant she's a badass
2: potato potato and she accepts and they run off to get married but they're not married in this picture
0: yeah i, I kind of didn't like that because i i sort of enjoyed them getting together because i mean they're both kind of erasable old grumps so they kind of fit with each other but they're both funny they're both like roasting each other and you know and then this one it's not even that they it didn't work out it's just they don't talk about it at all. So maybe something really didn't work out, but it sort of feels like the last I don't know, it's it's, it's an odd choice to undo that because this movie could have played out very similarly if they were an old married couple. It feels
2: like it could basically be almost the same script.
0: It's basically yeah, all they maybe throw in one line being like, "Um, ah, you know, my old woman's always trying to get involved in my mysteries now, but you know, that's my job and she's a teacher and we have separate spears, and then this—oh, someone got murdered at the school, so now you need me, kind of thing. So, it, it, odd, odd choice, but you know, I—I I don't think anyone is alive who worked on this movie, so we can't ask them what the <laughs> fuck happened. There's not going to be any sort of like inside. No, is that
2: like just a coincidence, or is there some sort of conspiracy ah! there? to silence to keep the truth from uh, murder on the blackboard from coming out.
0: Yeah, people—they people, don't want—they don't want the fans to know. Withersgate. <laughs> the The potency of their love st- story was too strong. They didn't want anyone to have that. No, I, I'm gonna say like I, I said this last time. Love, love Hildegard Withers. And I love uh, this actress Edna May Oliver's portrayal of her is just like you know like there's kind of there's always moments where you think she's gonna soften up a little bit and it's gonna be like a like a 1930s like nah she's not so bad she's still you know she's still just a, a gentlewoman lady and it, she never takes it she's always <laughs> going balls to the wall totally rough and I just love that.
2: Is that how you see yourself? No. You're pretty rough.
0: That's interesting, though, that you would ask me that. (laughs) Why don't you expand on that, Kevin? Do you see me as a ball buster? Is that what you see me as? (laughs) Yeah, I I see that look on your face.
2: (laughs) You look really lovely today, honey.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Is that a new dress? (laughs) Hands going protectively towards your groin. Eyes darting around wildly.
2: No, if, if, if I came on and started saying, oh, this detective in this movie, he was a real tough guy. I really admire him. I really admire the way he handled people. Wouldn't you say, Kevin, Kevin?
0: But Kevin, the, every, every detective movie has that character that you just described. Whereas most 1930s movies, typically women are... You know, in mysteries are just like blubbering messes who are going to come in and be like, oh, Reginald is dead. And, you know, and, uh, you know, it, like I'm not not every movie, but I mean, that's you
2: have your Nora Charles.
0: You have your Nora Charles's. But the Nora Charles of the world are, uh, you know, are not as common. And even Nora Charles, like she's pretty awesome. But like this character is obviously flawed as a person. She's a strict school teacher. And, you know, like it's not like she just gets along with everybody and everyone thinks she's beautiful and cool. She just, she kind of carries the movie despite being a flawed female character. And I think there's something to be said for that. Nice to see it in in a kind of an old timey 1930s movie. So that's why I like the character.
2: And also, it's kind of nice that she's working class.
0: Yeah, she's not a fancy old dame who's just sitting around solving mysteries. She has a fucking job. She has to take care of a bunch of screaming kids all day, you know? So, like, you understand why she's tough. You know, she's like the teacher you had in school who was really strict and tough, but like fair. And you respected her like, and so like, I think people are like, okay, makes sense as a character. So I, I think, I think that's why I like her. Not because I see myself as a strict old school mom. Although I will break out my ruler. If this conversation goes in a direction, I don't like,
2: well, I notice you've been wearing your hair up in a bun.
0: And every time you fuck up, I make you write on the blackboard. <laughs> That suddenly materializes in our living room.
2: Some things we shouldn't discuss on the air. Oh, no. Our private oh, lives. Oh, no.
0: I've just said too much.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I guess, the, the, do you think I'm like uh, James Gleason? No. The cranky old man character. I think we have
0: a bit of their dynamic where we sort of, you know, like, make fun of each other, though. I mean, like, and, like, that's fun to see. I think that's a realistic dynamic between couples who get along. You got to let your aggression out somehow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: have a lot of aggression towards me do
0: you oh what about you towards me i'm a
2: little prince
0: oh you, jesus christ you can't unsay that kevin <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna be on the internet forever now i'm a little prince dash kevin greenlee 2021 <laughs> how embarrassing yeah, it's like, you know, you make fun of each other, you know, and it, like it, she's constantly roasting the cops in general, which I find very funny because I think, I don't know, this just seems like kind of a <laughs> an unexpected thing from a 1934 movie. But I guess, you know, obviously, I mean, I, I don't know. Great Depression, I guess it kind of makes sense. But um, pre-code. Yeah, pre-code. They're getting Anything nuts. Goes. Anything goes. uh.
2: Times of change. Uh huh. Often turn back the clock. When the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, you know, Plymouth Rock, you know, landed on that.
0: Kevin, why are you buckling up some tap shoes now? <laughs> and who are these other people who are also wearing <laughs> tap shoes suddenly in our house? Explain yourself. Miss Ethel Merman. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, so, okay, so. I guess we we dive in to the the actual movie.
2: We dove into the penguin pool.
0: Oh right, we uh raced to our desks before the opening bell.
2: Yeah, that needs to be workshop.
0: I I need to figure this out. Uh, what 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 is you it? What, do you want Co- to take a call break? attendance? <laughs> I it's been a long time since I've been in school.
2: Actually, you she never attended school, and <laughs> doesn't that explain a great deal? <laughs>
0: Hey guys, <laughs> the functionally illiterate journalist. <laughs> now, <laughs> Jesus.
2: And, and I have to, like, the movie opens with some uh, really dirty old man like waking up and getting out of bed and stomping through the halls of the school because apparently he lives at the school, and it, it's one of those films.
0: That's a great idea. That's not a lawsuit waiting to happen. Let's have a drunk old guy living in a fucking, you know, maintenance closet here. My school had that. I don't, I don't know if that's common outside of New York,
2: though. Your school had a janitor living on site? Who was a drunkard?
0: Yeah. Old Julius.
2: Old Julius. Tell, tell me more about Old Julius. I was yeah. I made him up. <laughs> that's a lie.
0: No jan I, I went... I, when do you think I went to school in the Great Depression? No one lived on site. That's insane. I went to a public school. Well, yeah, I
2: didn't know you said things were different weirdest in Weirdest
0: thing about my school was it was K through 12, which like, yikes. But that—that's an, that's another story. There were no drunk night custodians who lived in the building.
2: That you know of.
0: That I know of. Okay, that's fair. That I know of. They
2: all have private lives.
0: People could have been, you know, sneaking around, I guess, but, yeah.
2: Be a pretty good perk. I mean, mean, in in my uh, hometown, as the uh, economy uh, collapsed and the educational system turned to cinders, they repurposed a lot of the old schools as apartments.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Columbus! (laughs) <laughs> you make it sound so wonderful.
2: So invited. Wow. Home sweet. And you home. said
0: you went to the shitty high school, right?
2: Yeah, there were two high schools in my hometown. Uh well it's 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 debatable. There was one high school, there was the older high school that had the the good reputation. And then the new school opened up in the poorer section of town. Actually I had better resources, but generally speaking, poorer kids went there.
0: So it's kind of kind of a wash. You didn't have any Hildegard Withers at your school. That was reserved for the rich kids.
2: <laughs> so the rich kids who uh, go to fetish development school have really uh, strict teachers yelling at them?
0: Fetish development school? I don't know what you why, why would rich kids? Wow, you really had an interesting reaction to this movie, babe. <laughs>
2: Why would rich kids want to have really mean teachers? When when the rich kids. If if
1: the
0: teacher can teach you how to solve mysteries, isn't that like what your ideal is? Fetish development school. Now, this is interesting. She's not not
2: teaching mystery solving. Are you trying to tell me something?
0: (laughs) What does Hildegard Withers have that I don't have, Kevin?
2: (laughs) You You are
1: her twin. You
0: were watching this movie and you were thinking fetish development. That's what you, that's what you were thinking. That is, that is quite a, quite an inadvertent confession.
2: You said this is something rich kids would want. Really strict I didn't say they teachers.
0: wanted it. I just, like, a good teacher. She doesn't, you know, a bad teacher is someone I would associate with, like, kind of like, like losing control of the classroom and everyone just does what
2: they want. Is she a good teacher though? Because none of her students ever seem to like her.
0: Her kids in the first movie liked her.
2: In this one, the only student of hers that's in the picture specifically uh, criticizes her.
0: So he has a motive to dislike her.
2: But He does criticize her. He seemed to respect
0: her enough to go call the cops when she told him to.
2: That's the ultimate sign of respect.
0: I don't think anyone has a, a ton of animosity towards this woman. I think I think you're projecting something very interesting onto this movie, Kevin. <laughs> and maybe we'll talk about it when the when the when the mics aren't hot.
2: <laughs> the mics are the mics are very hot and spicy. Yeah, it's hot tonight.
0: It's hot in the mystery to me
2: studios.
0: Things are getting steamy.
2: But it was like one of those mysteries that starts out by showing a All lot of All the
0: shit you don't care about.
2: All the characters you don't care hey, about.
0: Here's here's a non-interesting person. And here's another one. Oh, there's another one that works here. Oh, fuck me. I hate that. All these movies have that. Thin like, Man Syndrome. It's Thin Man Syndrome. Everyone's like, hey, let's just get our broccoli out of the way. And it's like, the movie can just all be cake, you know?
2: Yeah, you don't need to have this opening sequence of the drunk old man stumbling around the deserted school.
0: It's like exposition isn't something they, like felt comfortable handling at all and, and sprinkling throughout, you know, the beginning with the characters you care about. They were just like, we're just going to dump it all right here. You run through the coals and then you get out of the other side and then you get what you want. I mean, it's very weird. It'd be kind of
2: fun to learn information alongside Miss Withers.
0: Yeah. And and that would be pretty easy to do because she works at this fucking school. (laughs) So they just, I think they were very scared of exposition and they're just like, if the, if we don't just give a big lump of, you know, gross exposition in the beginning, people won't know what the fuck's going on. They'll be so distracted by Miss Withers and Inspector Piper and their delightful antics that they'll, you know, they'll forget about the plot and God knows that's very important.
2: I don't even remember the plot.
0: There's a murder in the school. Which oh, uh, that sounds bad. It, it like nowadays because like school's a scary place nowadays. But like you know, it's like just it a, wasn't
2: a, a mass shooting. No, event, no, no. Although more than one person did get injured.
0: Yes, that is true. But it, it's more of like a, one of the teachers is found murdered after school lets out. So it's not so the
2: true. kids are all safe.
0: The kids are safe. The kids didn't see shit. The only the kids kid are who, fine. The only kid who got involved was the uh, the bad kid who was gossiping about uh some of the teachers having a relationship that will come into play later also. And he, so he was kind of right. Um,
2: mm, well, yeah. So mm. this kid, miss Withers punishes him for speaking the truth.
0: Yeah. she's gonna owe that kid, a a kid, an apology next day in class, next day in homeroom. Like Billy, you know, you, you said that, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Louise or whatever. And Mr. James were fucking. And you know what? You were right. I respect it. (laughs) Salute him. <laughs> that would be the that would be the mid credit scene.
2: <laughs> Did you ever have a teacher apologize in front of a class like that for uh...
0: Kevin? I've how do I say this without sounding insane? I've blacked out so much of middle school and high school that
1: wow, you somebody sound insane. Could've,
0: somebody could have like been lit on fire in one of my classes, and I probably wouldn't remember it. I just, I just, it's a, it's a lot of blank space here. We're talking about. Wow. I've seen substitute teachers and, you know, full time teachers lose control of a mob of kids and that's always kind of scary. But uh I was a very sensitive child. Didn't didn't do well in the- those years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I could I could have witnessed a murder myself and just not remember it.
2: No, that sounds like a good movie.
0: Yeah. I was too awkward in high school to remember it. But uh so, have you seen a teacher apologize in front of a whole room?
2: Sure, every day.
0: To you? I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> Greenlee. Please, put your shirt back on. You don't have to do this. Why is my
2: shirt off in this scenario? Because
0: you're crazy. <laughs> Why do I. <laughs> Please, Mr. Greenlee, don't release the grasshoppers. We'll, <laughs> we'll give so- you a. An-
2: <laughs> so, in your scenario. <laughs> I'm stripped to the waist, (laughs) and I have a box of grasshoppers, and for some reason I'm in the right because the teacher is apologizing to me. What's the backstory there?
0: I'm not saying that that you're in the right. I'm saying that, you know, maybe sometimes when you're a hostage negotiator, you have to say things you don't really mean. Jesus. The teacher's also speaking through a a bullhorn outside. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure you were quite a scamp.
2: I was always, as you've often said, you've often heard it remarked upon, I was always a little gentleman. Sure. Had no friends. (laughs) Had no social life. I just kept to myself, kept my head down, and did no work.
0: Those are the ones that are going to come in with the grasshoppers. (laughs) You did no work? Did you have that?
2: I, I, yeah, I, didn't, I I wasn't just, a good student.
0: Just a just a stumble bum.
2: But I was an invisible stumble bum. I, I, I think most people who went to high school with me have no memory of me whatsoever.
0: Aw. I'm sure you made some good impressions. I know I definitely didn't, though.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're well remembered and celebrated uh, amongst the, the down the halls of the Bronxville High School.
0: Jesus Christ. Jesus. I hope not. Uh, I think that I think that people I think if people remember me it's cuz it was a cl- it was a very small class size and uh Let's just hope they forget soon. <laughs> you were the captain of the swim team. Okay, but that 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 sounds much less impressive when you win by default because no one else in your ear knows how to swim. Much less impressive. I just, I just, I cruised into that, you know?
2: So were you like really like in Nebraska or something? There was no bodies of water. You were the only person in the school who knew how to swim. It was
0: a bougie high school. So different sports would become like desirable depending on, you know, like w- what the trends were. And and a couple of years before me, swimming had been like the, the hottest ticket in town. And we were, you know, it was like a, you know, a very, very solid swim team. And by the time I became a senior, it was sort of at the, you know, the end of that cycle. And then, you know, it might, it might become hot again. I hope, you know, hope they do well or whatever, but it, it, it just, it, it was not, it was not as popular. People were doing like soccer or field hockey shit like that.
2: So a couple of years before you entered high school, it was popular. Cause I guess everybody was really admiring like Johnny Weissmuller at that time. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yes. I'm that old. <laughs> Tarzan. A Tarzan joke? That's where we... That's... That's where we are!
2: (laughs) You're much older than people think.
0: I'm as old as the sea.
2: As old as time itself.
0: (laughs) I'm like the... Oh, gee. Let's just move on after that tasteless display. (laughs) So... Uh, you see all these people you don't care about uh, Hildegard withers is with a student she has in detention for spreading rumors about two teachers uh, being in love and you see basically the people you need to know is drunk janitor sad music teacher creepy secretary who stole sad music teachers gun for some reason uh, creepy secretary's boyfriend who's like in and out and I'm not really sure if he was like a teacher just some guy who like they all knew and then really uh, sex pest principal who's flirting with the secretary. Is that, did I miss anybody?
2: Well, I want to say that the student's punishment for gossiping is to write the word gossip on the chalkboard 100 times. And he acts like this is an onerous Dickensian punishment. But really, is writing 100 words that big of a deal?
0: No, and also it doesn't teach him anything other than how to spell gossip.
2: It takes. It's, how long would it take to write 100 Not that words? Not Five, I mean, 10 minutes? And there's a scene where he starts writing out the words gossip on the chalkboard. Music starts playing. It fades to black. And then it fades back like there's, like there's been a big passage of time. And in this big passage of time, maybe he's written like 20 words.
0: What have you been doing? If you, just stop complaining and just write the goddamn words. You'll be out of there.
2: Jesus. See, in my day, they'd make you write sentences, not just one word.
0: As punishment? Sure. Wow, you were back in Dickens' time. You (laughs) saw him once. (laughs) (laughs) Streets of old London. I'll
2: tell you one thing about Dickens. He didn't like grasshoppers at all.
0: Oh. Oh, cricket on the hearth.
2: Uh, uh, you did a deep grass, cut you did a, a joke earlier about me releasing grass first. I know
0: I dig it but like that was a deep cut oh. Christmas story thank you yeah damn little claps for you Um, so yeah they didn't punish I, I got detention once what'd you do I think I did something bad in orchestra but I, I don't I don't really remember can we it.
2: speculate did it involve a tuba and a bodily function? Good God! What, I mean, you, what am I, I supposed to think? You, said you did something bad in orchestra.
0: Orchestra—that's banned. Tuba's banned, dumbass.
2: <laughs> so you it was did a something. String instruments. So you did something bad with a string instrument. I think
0: I just didn't like listen or something. I don't know. Who knows? I just, I, I just, I thinking about middle school and high school just makes me want to like.
2: Just... What?
0: Oh, yeah, No one needs to know about. No one needs to know about those times uh, with. I, I don't I truly don't remember.
2: Don't remember what you did.
0: Don't remember what I did. I, I do remember I detention on a few occasions.
2: I mean, I remember all sorts of crazy bad stuff I did. I was an awful kid.
1: As we've established. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution.
0: So Miss Withers realizes that the music teacher, who this kid was spreading rumors about, hasn't come out yet. So she goes to look for her, finds her murdered, bashed in the head, in the coat room. Tells the kid, here's a nickel. Don't buy gum. Go out and call the fucking police. Ask for, a, you know, Inspector Piper. The kid does it. Piper shows up. His, his squad shows up. They're going to look into this. They get there. Body's gone. The body has vanished. So of course, there's a lot of like, oh, you know, I mean, maybe are you, you know, like, are you working too hard? Da, da, da. And you like, you know, I was like, okay, just start the fucking, you know, like, start the mystery. Come on. And uh, they're gonna like, you know, look through this this whole empty school. One of the detectives wanders down to the like unfinished basement of this 1930s Great Depression New York City school, and you see someone digging with a pickaxe. And then somebody takes a pickaxe to this guy's head. So <laughs> I'm sitting here like this guy just, a, a detective on the force just got murdered in this little this little silly movie. Um, it's a little comic
2: this rom- little comic rombo. This little
0: comic Rambo Okay, with a pickaxe. Gruesome. And...
2: Uh, just like a little boo-boo.
0: Yeah, he just got bonked in the head. <laughs> happens to everyone. And the medics... Uh, haul him away, and they're like, he'll just be unconscious for a few hours. And it's like, well, if someone's unconscious for that long, that's usually not very good.
2: <laughs> and so then this man's boss, was, who's was Piper, uh, the Inspector Piper, he, he cares that, oh, my God, this man who is working for me, this man who, under my service, uh, has, has done something to to help me investigate this case... He's been injured horribly. This is awful. I really feel bad about this. And how does Miss Withers respond to his uh, overt concern? Like,
0: oh, it's a big tragedy when a cop gets banged in the head, but when a teacher ends up murdered on the ground, you know, no one cares.
2: She gets upset with him for caring about his colleague.
0: I thought it was funny.
2: (laughs) And then very bizarrely, Miss Withers gives Piper like a tour of the school. Leading down to uh, the fire escape at the school, which is a slide.
0: Okay. And when I.
2: And we see like a blueprint of the slide.
0: And approximately how many times did they actually go down the slide in the movie? Not even once. Not even once. You don't even (laughs) see it. They're setting up this amazing gag sequence where Piper and Withers are sliding down the slide after the murderer and it's a na- madcap chase and everyone's having a grand old time they're pelting him with apples from Wilder's desks. You know that never happens. Now I know. And I'm robbed where we we were robbed. We were robbed as an audience.
2: You're a history major. Yes. Did fire escapes used to be children's slides?
0: Well, listen, I I special I mean, I didn't really specialize in anything, but I I was focused on colonial Jamestown so the, fire escapes were not really a thing back then, but I, I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess no. I don't think that's how fire escapes ever worked because don't you think like uncoordinated kids are just going to get a really clogged up slide that's going to collapse and the whole thing's going to be much more of a disaster than it would have been otherwise. That's not a that's not a safe thing, uh, safe structure. But I mean, it's a delightful idea for a movie, you know, in the 30s. And I was like, we're going to go down the slide at some point. And I felt very sad we'd never go down the slide. I don't even know why they kept emphasizing the slide. It was a bit of a slide of hand. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get sent to detention after this. You know, if you were a little gentleman, you would have. Giving me a little smile about that.
2: <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, I looked up fire escape slides and I'm seeing all sorts of crazy pictures.
0: Oh, wait, really? They're real?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, let's see. Want to not die in a fire and have fun while doing it? <laughs> well, oh, shit. Escape shoot. There's a Wikipedia page. That's that's the level of the research here. Uh, history. Small child sitting at the end of a chute that allows escape from a second story of a brick building. What
2: does that one look like?
0: Okay. An anus. That the one Kevin is holding looks like an anus. Naturally, he gravitates towards that one. Whereas I'm looking at the whimsical retro one that actually applies to the movie that we just watched. So sounds Bring about. Me for right. having a hobby. Sounds about right. Um, seems like, huh. These, okay, so th- this was, this was a bit of a thing. Still seems hard to believe that they would have been using that at a 1930s school in New York. But, you know, if I'm wrong, hit me up. History heads, architectural nerds. Get it in our inbox. Tell me I'm an idiot, or don't. You know, I, I'm very sensitive. Just politely tell me I'm wrong, and we'll we'll apologize profusely on the next episode we record.
2: See, we're trying to tap into the zeitgeist because this is all anybody's talking about. Yeah. Different fire escapes.
0: This is why we. This is why we're such a successful podcast. We're really talking about things people care about.
2: I guess. What about like a fire escape pole? What would be your favorite type of fire escape?
0: Not a pole. What's wrong with a pole?
2: Just slide down to safety.
0: Have you ever slid down a fire escape pole? Do they have fire escape poles? Or have you have you ever slid down a firehouse pole or anything? Sure. You have? Yeah. And like at the playground, they had like those you know, you could do that too.
2: At the playground is the firehouse
0: well see you little junior fireman <laughs> see my thing is that anytime we had one one of those kind of the kind of fake fireman poles at the playground my every time we did that my uh I would like burn my hands so I I, I, I that would suck because it's you know it's like you know you're kind of like scraping them I would say I would like the you know the an inflatable slide that would be fun like a bouncy castle. You know, or like a super slide. I do that. Yeah. In a heartbeat. How about you? you the want, pole? You want the pole. You want You want to work the pole.
2: She's grinning as if she just said something very witty and devastating.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, and by the way...
2: But the big mystery is the movie's like 111 minutes... Why do we spend like three or four minutes explaining the fire escape slide that has no relevance I, to the plot?
0: I don't know. Uh, one thing that does have relevance to the plot in the end is uh, the music teacher before she uh, before she was murdered, before she sang her final crescendo, actually wrote one last musical exercise on the board, and Hildegard Withers keeps whistling the tune from that throughout the entire movie, like like it's a Sergio Le- uh, like it's a Sergio Leone film or something. Where uh, <laughs> the musical reprise keeps coming back in, <laughs> like the watch chimes of the harmonica, yeah.
2: <laughs> like in The Third Man.
0: No, like in, like in, like uh, in, like in Once Upon a Time on the West. How, uh, in the in the West, how harmonica keeps coming in and playing, you know, a, a, a playing a series of notes that don't seem to really mean anything at first, but then later a flashback reveals that they're very important. You know, that's happening here, too, <laughs> except it's not good.
2: <laughs> so do you think Leon was uh, influenced?
0: Obviously, obviously. And murder ins- on the blackboard. Super inspired.
2: <laughs> Sorry, your Sergio, Le- Sergio Leone fans need to listen to this episode. Yeah. Cool.
0: <laughs> to hear the ravings of a lunatic. <laughs> I was just thought that was funny cuz those are obviously like very serious films and then this one's very silly but it's sort of she keeps whistling it and like looking off in the distance. Um so Meanwhile the the night janitor who's the drunk shows back up again singing, he gets arrested and uh Withers jokes, you know, like Piper's ranting. This guy's a drunk, this guy's out of control. And Wither says, oh, you got to get him on the force. He's like, oh, shit. Kevin, Kevin at one point literally whimpered, whimpered. She's so mean.
2: he <laughs> was loving it. She was just putting the popcorn in her mouth and grinning I think from ear to ear.
0: I think you were loving it, too. And, and meanwhile, so other suspects are trickling in. The secretary and her boyfriend come back, where there's whistles at them, and they announce their engagement to her. So okay, then it comes out that the secretary and the dead teacher went in together for an Irish sweepstakes lottery ticket. Don't know what that is, but sounds kind of <laughs> sounds kind of racist. An Irish sweepstakes.
2: That's a thing.
0: Is it? Yeah, you never heard the
2: Irish sweepstakes? No. I wonder why you were getting so upset about that. What is that? Well, I don't want to. It's definitely a thing. You sniffed contemptuously. Said, ha! Racist, you said.
0: I didn't say that.
2: You said racist.
0: I said, that sounds racist. Yes.
2: That's what you said. And then I thought, why? Quietly. The top of your fucking lungs. Oh my
0: god, this fucking guy.
2: Irish sweepstakes was a a lottery, one of the largest international lotteries in the world, authorized by the Irish government in 1930 to benefit Irish hospitals.
0: Oh, that's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's a good thing. Could anyone enter it? Uh, (laughs) Did you have to be Irish? (laughs) Because that sounds more more problematic.
2: Sweepstakes was established to raise funding for hospitals. This is on the Wikipedia page significant amount of the funds was raised in the United Kingdom and the United States often among the immigrant Irish naturally so it sounds like anybody could could do it it's like an international uh, lottery
0: So my question is how do you know that how did you know that going into this did you just it was just a, a factoid you picked up what, consuming older media
2: yeah it's often referenced in old movies old radio shows old novels common culture and knowledge that's wild. I wondered why you were so upset about
0: it. I wasn't that upset. Stop making me out to sound like a fucking lunatic.
2: You dropped your popcorn. You said, that sounds racist.
0: And then I bashed the barrel of popcorn over your head. (laughs) We were talking about this. We were talking about this earlier today where I revealed that many of my dreams, you're like, in some form, you're like a helpless child who can't do anything right. Right? And in a lot of your dreams... I'm a I'm a, just a total bitch.
2: <laughs> and we're not talking about fantasies, we're talking about dreams no, we have at night. Like
0: like like normal dreams. Not sexy dreams. Your dreams I'm always being completely unreasonable, often in a public setting.
2: <laughs> I dreamed last night that you had a very noisy, <laughs> embarrassing, humiliating nervous breakdown in a restaurant.
0: What restaurant?
2: Waffle House to the extent that a family friend had to come over to me and counsel me not to leave you.
0: Yeah, that was a dream, right? Of course, <laughs> that was while you were sleeping. <laughs> Definitely, I, I gotta, I gotta text, uh, text some people.
2: <laughs> and in your dreams, I'm just like a helpless, charming little child who doesn't know what he's doing.
0: Yeah, just a bumbling idiot. In other
2: words. <laughs> So what do you think this says about us and our relationship? Are we in trouble moving on?
0: <laughs> it's interesting though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So um so yeah, the secretary stole this woman's Irish sweep dicks ticket. And turns out that was the winning ticket. And so, you know, then the principal comes in and Withers is talking to him and he has all these like letters to the dead woman and he's just uh, like a sex pest creep who's always flirting with his employees. Then Withers is like, I want to go back and look at the cellar after telling uh, Piper that there's people that she'd murder for 50 cents, which I thought was a fun line, But they go back into the cellar Lights get turned off. Axes get thrown. Lots of grunting, guffawing. I mean, it's very loud. Yeah,
2: pretty like a common Tuesday. here. Yeah. (laughs) When you get upset, those axes start flying.
0: (laughs) And the lights go out. Who knows who I can hit? (laughs) Those axes start. Are you saying I'm an old battle axe?
2: (laughs) Uh, just, just, uh, just when I dream, honey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and also, I don't know whether I—I forget how this came up, but maybe it was the coroner shouting into the darkness. But apparently, the dead woman was already dying of some sort of bone anemia, so she would have been dead anyways.
2: So it doesn't really matter. And then the movie ends.
0: <laughs> it's not really murder. Who cares? She was sick. Da da da. Murder on the blackboard. <laughs> okay. Um, no. And they, they go down the secret tunnel that's in the school and they come up and it, they're in a liquor warehouse. Okay. <laughs> it's just one of those kind of schools. <sighs> and then it's time to, time to, now, now things are kind of, you know, the, the school day is coming to an end. Everyone's eyes are on the clock. They go back and they visit the injured detective and, from the beginning, who got whacked in the head with a pickaxe, but is basically fine. And um, they talk to him. They also talk to this professor dude from the first movie, I guess, who shows back up and is like, and 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 basically what Withers wants to know is like, could this lady who got murdered, could she have been poisoned? Or was it a natural sort of illness, disease that she had? And at first the doctor's like, ah, no, she couldn't have been poisoned. And she's like, well, what if they gave her like a little bit of, of poison in every day. And then he's like, Oh wait, yeah, actually it's like, <laughs> like he didn't consider that in the beginning. She <laughs> had to explain it to anyway, whatever. And so they, uh, then they set a trap for the killers and they, cause she figures it out. She whistles again and she figures it out based on what was written on the blackboard. And they set a trap for the killer. They use the injured detective as bait and they basically say he remembers everything. He's going to bust the killer. Everyone come to the hospital. Look at this guy. Look at him. He's the guy who's going to do it. We're going to solve the case. And I uh, hope nobody d- gets rid of him. And then then they kind of like hide in the, his hospital room and wait for someone to murder him.
2: Pretty good plan.
0: <laughs> Which he's not too happy about understandably, but you know. <laughs> Modern <laughs> the US healthcare system, everybody. <laughs> Sometimes insurance won't pay, your, pay pay for your treatment. Other times they'll hang you out to dry in some sort of murder plot. <laughs> but no, and it works. She and Piper hide in the room and none other than the random boyfriend of the secretary comes in. Turns out he and the uh, dead woman had a thing. She loved him. And he wasn't that into her, and he left her. And so, in the beginning, he was all like, I don't have a motive. She just had a major crush on me, and I just wasn't that into her. Then it turns out he did have a motive because they got married, and she wouldn't let him go. And it turns out that the notes on the uh, blackboard said, uh, AD, it said hold, basically in music, it said hold AD, hold AD. And I guess his name was AD Stevens. So, They figured it out. He's like she wouldn't, and then he drinks the suicide juice that he was trying to give the detectives. And and And, and Piper
2: Piper says, "Let's. We're in a hospital. We can save this man. Let's go get medical attention immediately." And what does your your buddy Miss Withers say?
0: She says, "Let him die." That's how Socrates went out. (laughs) Honestly, we gotta respect a a stone cold queen here. (laughs) You were so you loved Withers in the first one. Now you're just performatively mad at her because. (laughs) Because you're scared of strong women. <laughs> she let a man die. He's a murderer. Killed a killed her colleague. Her, her. You are you were all you were all okay in our last episode with Frank Sinatra murdering a child killer.
2: And then her friend, the cop, has a colleague who's horribly injured and she says, Eh.
0: I mean in fairness Piper did that too. Piper's like, oh my god, my man is injured! What a guy! You're like, oh he's I'm a you know he's a brother to me! And then like it's like, oh, could we uh, use this man's injury in order to trap the killer, maybe getting him killed in the process? Sure. Who <laughs> what's the next guy's name again? Yeah, yeah, sure, set it up. <laughs> he's a father to his men. <laughs> And then it turns out that one of the other detectives who kind of just keeps popping up through the movie hooks up with the secretary, so I guess all's well that ends well, and uh, Piper and Withers go out to eat at an old-timey diner, and she gets kind of harassed by a bunch of people, and everyone laughs, and then... Curtain. (laughs) These are such weird movies. Oh, I mean, like, what... (laughs) How did you think this one held up compared to the first one, Penguin Pool?
2: Uh, It wasn't dull, but I did lose interest in the mystery elements pretty quickly. Because a lot of things just seemed random and almost nonsensical. And when when it, it tries to be a mystery that it wants you to try to figure out along with them, and the clues are something that you can't figure out unless you're a specialist in a particular field that you're almost certainly not a specialist in... That kind of kills some of the interest for me.
0: My question is, uh, were you interested in the mystery elements of Penguin Pool? I don't think so. I think I don't think I was either. I think maybe those were a little bit more. Uh, that was a little bit easier to follow along than this one for whatever reason.
2: And I thought the characters uh, were more appealing in that movie than in this one.
0: Uh, I don't know. She was a
2: man die.
0: It's 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 an old-timey mystery series and also he drinks poison. They're not going to be able to like just stitch him up. She, what she wanted to do was get a confession out of him at the last yeah. minute so they could know why he randomly killed this woman. You know, they're not going to be able to be like, "Oh, you you know, you did a boo-boo in your tummy. Let's <laughs> let's operate." You can't just make him undrink the poison.
2: I also liked in the last one we got to see Withers more at work cuz we got to see her interacting with the kids. Which made us like her because it's through her interactions with the kids, we could see that she cared about the kids. In this movie, she only interacts with one kid, and all she does is punish him, and he tells his friends he doesn't like her.
0: I would have liked to see her more with the kids. I wouldn't want the kids to be involved in the murder mystery because that would feel too much, you know what I mean? Like, Because then they'd all get traumatized. But I would have liked that too. I, I would have liked more. I mean, I, I like that it... I like that it was set in a school, but more school stuff, more school drama. You know, schools are hives of drama, right? You know, between the teachers, the faculty, everybody, the administration. So having more of that would have been fun.
2: It was set in a school, but it really could have been set almost anywhere. Could
0: have been set in any workplace.
2: They didn't really do much with the school setting.
0: Yeah. So I would have have enjoyed that more. And I just think that... I think they should have kept Piper and Withers married or or not have had the romantic connection in the first place because it's just kind of like you keep wondering, you're like, did they break up? Why am I thinking about this? <laughs> you know, throughout the movie. And uh, in general, like in the beginning, Piper seemed to come into it like respecting her a lot less when he, they seem to kind of have a bond of mutual respect in the first one. And then she reacts by not respecting him. And it's sort of like having the two characters be kind of like trading a few barbs, but generally respecting each other is a little bit more fun to watch. I think than having it be, you know, like, like feeling like they're not taking each other seriously at all.
2: Yeah. This one was a little bit more unpleasant.
0: There was a, there was more of a collegial bond between the two in the first one, even though they were still roasting each other. So the roasting is fun, but you, I think it has to be underpinned by respect. Uh, So, is that all we have to say about the old blackboard?
2: I think somebody needs to come up with a pithy and witty five-star final take. And I think that someone is Anya Kane Greenley Esquires.
0: <laughs> so I'm a female attorney? Sure. Okay. Well, I would say that parts of it are downright illegible. But in general, I'd say that murder on the blackboard still gets high marks from me.
2: Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore. And at Mystery to Me Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.
2: And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at Mystery to Me Podcast at gmail.com.
0: We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T O. Thanks, Thanks so much, much for, for listening. listening.